and thank you for joining us on the Therapy Cable podcast. What you're about to listen to are conversations and interviews on some of the most crucial and important topics in the behavioral and mental health space. It is our mission to help remove the stigmas attached to mental health, psychology, and addiction, one recording at a time. second part of the personality disorder series. We are talking about each of the personality disorders. In this video, we will review the cluster A. Cluster A uh, consists of the paranoid, the schizoid, and schizotypal personality disorders. We have created other videos that uh, go over the introduction about these clusters, if you're interested. So we will not talk about it right now and also there will be other videos that you can watch on cluster B and cluster C. So here in this video we will get deeper into the differences and similarities of each of these three personality disorders. Now uh, keep in mind that when we talk about a disorder uh, it's a very uh, I would say loose type of a term that is being used because what is a disorder really? I mean um, depending on your uh, position uh, when you are review viewing this video I would welcome you to um, really take a good look at how you're approaching this topic of disorder if you're a doctor if you're a clinician if you're a nurse if you are a family member a, a teacher an educator a um, an interested person without any specific specialty training let's say in this uh, medical medicinal and mental health field, uh, e each of these positions and categories have a different understanding and different role and responsibility when it comes to um, using the word disorder. So uh, in this case, the way I'm using this is really a broad category, a broad understanding, a dimensional perspective of functioning, which can go from anywhere on almost like a scale of, let's say, zero to a hundred with zero being a very dysfunctional, non-functional, completely impaired type of a position or situation, to a hundred, which would be a very functional, very um, uh, effective way of experiencing the world and interacting with the world. So uh, with almost zero uh, impairment in their daily activity. So usually people are neither zero or 100. Nobody is 100% perfect in their um, way of experiencing and interacting with the world, and nobody is really zero. If they're zero, they're most likely dead. Um, so people generally actually fall on a um, healthy, if you will, a little bit healthy, maybe a little bit less healthy uh, part of this spectrum, probably around anywhere between 30 and, and 70, 75 AD perhaps, if they're very, very functional. So in this case, when we're talking about a personality disorder, we, we could uh, experience the symptoms that we see from individuals on uh, anywhere on this scale, but most likely around 30 to 70, 75. So it really depends uh, how we are assessing their symptoms, what severity uh, and intensity 
acuity of their symptoms we experience or observe and then how we respond to them and how they respond back. So be, uh, I would like to caution you with any um, material, any understanding, any learning that you take away from these videos and not immediately apply that without further scrutiny and uh, perhaps consultation with a professional. So having said that, let's talk about um, a, uh, in this case a personality disorder. So why do we call it now beyond a disorder is a personality disorder. So a personality disorder really revolves around a long enduring pattern of interaction, of behaviors, of symptoms, uh, more or less called syndromes, which is a uh, whole compendium, whole uh, series of symptoms put together that fit a specific uh, presentation that repeats itself over time. And it is long enduring. It, it doesn't dissipate immediately or easily. Um, it uh, withstands and resists change of time, location, situation, and interactions with other people. So it's very enduring. It's, it's resistant to change. Uh, and because we see a person interact with their environment very much predictably and typically uh, from this framework of, um, of their identity and how they identify with themselves, with their environment, with people around themselves, more or less uh, regard this as their true person or person or persona, if you will. Uh, that's why we call it more of a personality disorder rather than an acute clinical uh, short-term problem that they're experiencing. So when we go back to the cluster A with the odd eccentric category that we have described as uh, people who specifically deal with uh, their environment in an odd way, in an eccentric way, in, in a way that uh, kind of defies social norms that most people would abide by. But this particular rare category of individuals um, defy more or less then uh, we are looking at specifically their, their problem, their uh, challenge, their internal conflict, uh, what is more or less causing them to defy these norms in their uh, environment and their society. So with a paranoid, for example, if you look at the paranoid personality, uh, the reason the word paranoid, paranoid or paranoia has been, even been used because it encompasses most of their symptoms, which is about an enduring, uh, pervasive type of a suspicion about themselves and about their uh, other people. Uh, so part of it, to give you an example, is this consistent, repetitive, uh, distorted view of reality around them. Now, why do we call it distorted? Because they tend to uh, purple with personality uh, with paranoid personality disorder tend to uh, put a negative and again this constantly suspicious uh, angle on the their experience on their perception so if uh, you had a per paranoid personality person or person with a paranoid personality disorder in a room with a bunch of other people who don't have paranoid personality um, then you would see that type of a distortion where most people would have a benign a neutral, uh, even positive slant or angle on their perception 
so assessing their environment and what is happening around them, intentions of other people, actions by other individuals in their in their environment, in their life. Uh, the paranoid personality tends to constantly see the negative, see the suspicious, so see the um, threat in uh, other people's actions, and especially threats and uh, dangers that are directed toward that person with the paranoid personality. And uh, so that, that one aspect of a distorted uh, perception of their environment, including all interactions of people around them, it's enduring, you can assess that, you can observe it, it's constant, you can't miss it. The other part, uh, aspect of it is that, like I mentioned, that targeted threat that ultimately leads to a person with paranoid personality believing that everybody is out there to get them. Everybody is there to manipulate them, to take advantage of them, to harm them, uh, to take away something from them. So they almost see themselves in this uh, perpetual um, disadvantage, injustice, if you will, that is being done to them. And most likely, again, based on their distorted perception of reality, they attribute a uh, mal intention or a, a negative, um, uh, I would say, intentional uh, predisposition of uh, the, the people in their environment. So they think that everybody intentionally, purposefully want to harm them. Uh, and they easily dismiss any signs, any symptoms that uh, would be contrary to this uh, assumption. So if there, there was any uh, sign or evidence that the other person didn't intentionally actually um, harm this person, didn't mean to, didn't plan to um, really take an action that would be harmful to this person, uh, this person would easily dismiss the, that evidence, easily ignore it, um, not pay attention, not value it, not uh, give uh, credence to it, uh, not validate it, not acknowledge it. Uh, so they would put themselves almost in this reinforced cycle of um, uh, reinforcing their own beliefs uh, because they're dismissing uh, evidence to contrary to their beliefs. And again, it all revolves around the environment being harmful to them. They're being the target of these malintended um, attacks or uh, approaches from others. And, uh, and as a result, they tend to isolate themselves. They tend to stay away from people. They withdraw socially. And also they come across as a little bit odd and eccentric because uh, this is in all their interactions behaviors, it, it's tainted, it's colored by their um, negativity, by their uh, preemptive protection. So they're highly self-protective, uh, even to an extreme where it is absolutely perhaps not necessary and even more harmful to their relationships than what they believe is happening, meaning the approaches or interactions from others against them. Now, Per paranoid personality by itself, as we discussed, is quite different uh, than the schizotypal and schizoid in terms of more or less the source of this, their belief system, more or less their 
the etiology and their preoccupation, if you will, the, the theme that is uh, bothering them. Uh, in uh, as much as, uh, for instance, the schizoid personality um, really not struggling with a sense of being attacked or being harmed by the environment, their inner struggle is completely different. Their inner view of their environment is completely different, which we will get to. And then uh, compare same thing, same difference, if you will, compared to schizotypal personality where they are also struggling with a completely different type of a reality where the reality is uh, more or less um, overlapped or, or imbued with a lot of irrational as well as very uh, unusual uh, certain thoughts that are happening to them. Uh, each one of them have a, a little bit of a different angle we will get into. The similarity between these three being that the paranoid and the schizoid and schizotypal tend to withdraw socially based on their uh, particular um, awkwardness, if you will, in their interactions with people. They tend to isolate themselves, each for a different reason. As we mentioned, paranoid for mostly because they, they feel they're being harmed and they see that as reality, they see that as a trend and, and an indisputable part of reality that they are being targeted. So therefore, they're kind of very highly overly protect, protective, which then leads us to the discussion of schizotypal and schizoid personality. So uh, I'm going to start with schizoid. Schizoid personality um, also withdraws and isolate from the environment. And interestingly, in this case, uh, there seems to be a, an, an apathy you know, an apathetic type of a predisposition toward their environment. There is a sense of emotional distance. Um, so if you can kind of, uh, let's focus on that a little bit and then kind of can comp compare contrast to the other. Uh, so what happens with schizoid personality, they don't even have the desire, at least as it seems on the surface, the way we are observing people with this personality, um, uh, come across into their environment is that they don't even have the desire to interact with their environment. Uh, so they show with some indifference, some emotional coldness, with uh, a little bit, um, you know, distance and apathetic and aloof type of a presence in the uh, company of other people. And uh, so, so they actually enjoy, if you will, more being alone and being pre preoccupied with, within their own fantasies or their world. And a lot of time, that world being an abstract world, uh, very much detached from, let's say, pragmatic, practical, um, uh, tangible, uh, uh, concrete um, uh, events in their reality. So they prefer really to distance themselves from this outer reality that is defined uh, or which, whose interactions and norms and, um, and rules and mores and culture more or less is being defined by a whole lot of people, a group of people, society, community, um, you know, the, the human race more or less. And, uh, and then tend to isolate, go internal, go inside, focus on themselves, focus on their own 
inner world, if you will. So, and, and, and that's where the word really schizoid comes from, or schizoism, uh, which is more or less a schism or separation from uh, or between two realities, two worlds. And uh, so lastly, uh, they're not necessarily, I would say, unapproachable or interactional. They still interact with people, they approach others as necessary. People can approach them and interact with them. However, when they, uh, let's say, people without a schizoid personality uh, have certain expectations of a response, of an emotional expression, of an uh, even appropriate cognitive expression, uh, they are disappointed because they're not getting that response from a person with schizoid personality. So there is this mismatch. Sometimes it's timing, sometimes it's the pace, sometimes it's the appropriateness, sometimes it's that uh, it doesn't match the social norm and cue. Uh, for instance, let's say you could have uh, a, a party going on or a meeting going on or a gathering or an activity going on and uh, most people uh, would um, match their timing of response, of interaction, of their um, kind of initiating a conversation with another person and responding to that situation with each other to the point where there is more or less a harmony and people end up believing that they have a meeting of minds. They are on the same frequency, they are on the same page. But uh, a person with schizoid personality um, doesn't play this play along. Uh, you know, they have their own reality going on. So their timing may be off, their pace may be off, their social norming may be off, so they may not really respond quickly enough, timely enough, uh, appropriately enough, uh, accordingly enough, if you will, uh, for fittingly to that norm that is being more or less imposed or expected of that group. So therefore, they kind of come across as they're not getting it, they're not responding, they're not interacting, they're not attuned, they're not in harmony, they're not on the same frequency or page. Um, so ultimately, uh, with uh, many years, if you will, of this type of a mismatch or a clash between experiences and internal experience and external experience, a person with schizoid personality tends to isolate themselves because they too, notice, they do have insight uh, about all these discrepancies and deficits and dysfunctions. Uh, however, um, they're also at a loss of really changing and fixing that, that trait that they are more or less born with, if you will, or have been um, have, have acquired over time. So as a result, they just tend to isolate themselves. And again, because they don't necessarily have even a desire to attach and bond with others, um, it happens to be the easier and more fitting approach and solution to the problem for them to withdraw from society and just kind of be an, a loner, if you will. And then uh, just a very quick compare, comparison contrast to paranoid, uh, there is not much of suspicion going on or paranoia, feeling being attacked or unfairly treated by others, uh, but there are a lot more indifference, a lot more aloofness, a lot more um, apathy that goes on for a schizoid.
Lastly, let's move on to schizotypal personality disorder. So here, again, comparing these first two, very much a theme of uh, protection and attack uh, as, a, as a major, um, if you will, discrepancy between inner reality and outer reality of paranoia or paranoid personality to schizoid personality where the major theme being um, uh, discrepancy between realities, if you will, like an inner reality and uh, outer reality and um, a discrepancy of attunement and attachment and bonding and uh, connecting with others to uh, the third one is schizotypal where a schizotypal person uh, more or less has the desire to connect with others so in contrast to paranoia and um, paranoid or in schizoid where um, due to the nature of their inner experiences they may not have had the desire or even lost the desire to connect with people you know schizotypal actually has not lost and has always had the desire to actually connect with their environment to bond to form attachments to be part of the community to belong to uh, you know their environment and to a group of people however their main struggle is a sense of uh, experiencing the um, sensory element, the sensory level of their inner self as well as outside in a completely different way. Uh, a lot of times uh, we, we, we observe with schizotypal is that there are certain auditory or visual hallucinations going on. They're not extreme. They're, in fact, even in this case, schizotypal too have a certain insight into the fact that there is something going on that shouldn't be going on, such as, you know, maybe they see some, some white light or flashes or um, almost out of this world experiences, if you will. And even their odd belief system in terms of almost supernatural tendencies to think very much that certain things that are really more or less impossible, actually kind of impossible, they believe that it is possible, such as, let's say, reading minds or thoughts or, sh or um, being able to maybe take someone's thoughts or steal someone's thoughts or, or, or their own uh, inner world or thinking uh, being able to uh, or being possible for that own inner world and thinking to be hijacked by others. So, um, whereas most people have this boundary, let's say, around them, where they know that their thoughts just belong to themselves, they're inner to their experience, they're internal to their, let's say, this skull and this head that they have, more or less, and their own body and, and this entity, this unitary entity of existence that they're experiencing in the world, uh, they're experiencing in the world, where the boundary around their both psychological as well as physical existence is impenetrable to outside um, forces or intrusions or invasive um, um, manipulation, at least psychologically, uh, schizotypal don't have that boundary. So people with schizotypal uh, personality, they tend to um, uh, have a loose understanding of this boundary, as if this 
inner experiences are easily available and penetrable and shareable with their uh, with their environment. Um, there is no solid uh, border and boundary between them separating them. Um, so you could argue, especially people who believe in uh, telepathic uh, powers, uh, that, well, uh, how about tele telepathy and uh, isn't that a reality? There is research on it and that some people are capable of telepathic powers and so forth. Well, that's beyond the discussion of this personality disorder. If uh, uh, for, for the purpose of, of this discussion, we believe that telepathic uh, powers have not uh, conclusively been proven. And so uh, at this stage, what I would like to stick to is just simply in the framework of discussion of their um, psychological makeup as it relates to the similarities and differences of this cluster. So the schizoid personality and paranoid uh, personality, they don't necessarily struggle with uh, alternative reality, unusual way of supernatural way of thinking. Uh, schizotypal constantly has to navigate that type of a territory between their own belief system of these uh, superpowers more or less and the belief system of others that no this uh, experiences and, and basically delusions and hallucinations are not real they shouldn't be taking place and uh, and it's a struggle if you think about it a person can't help themselves a person with a schizotypal personality they can't help themselves it's just happening to them this is an experience that they have to again navigate and manage throughout the whole day as a result of this management, at times mismanagement, at times their own struggle with being, um, uh, you know, self-disclosing, being transparent about these inner experiences to others around them and trying to figure out what is reality, they may come across very much as an odd, eccentric person and someone who really is not in, in uh, unison, in tune with the world around them. So... Um, you know, the, the responses that they have, the expressions that they have would not fit what generally people would expect. So they may uh, impulsively, immediately, situationally react to some of these hallucinatory or delusional uh, experiences that they have, um, be it uh, perhaps reacting with their uh, you know, animated body language, maybe um, even auditorily talking to some of these stimuli, uh, wanting to fend themselves off of them, or even just uh, uh, physiologically, uh, behaviorally, we may see them um, uh, respond to stimuli that generally are not there or are not observable by people around them. So this mismatch of how they are experiencing the inner world and the outer world and they respond to these stimuli would ultimately lead to that, again, uh, kind of a uh, gap between uh, understanding of what is real, what is not real, how a person should be acting or reacting. And also this extends to a person's uh, grooming and self-care and their even uh, you know fashion and the way they uh, dress themselves and again uh, what uh, 
the choices and preferences they have in decorating their environment or their car or their home or their office. So there, there are signs and symptoms where you would see some kind of oddness, awkwardness, unusual um, you know, choices that they, they, they like to incorporate in their lives that don't, that don't necessarily match the general norm of uh, the majority of people around them. So now here, we're going to compare and contrast as a result, all three of these disorders, the paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal, uh, do tend to isolate themselves, one for yeah, another, each for another reason, uh, for their own personal reasons. The schizotypal, because they notice this awkwardness and social, in, social awkwardness, basically, not knowing the social cues and norms and how to really match and uh, harmonize themselves to their environment. So they tend to isolate and people tend to stay away from them because they, they don't know how to deal with this awkwardness and with this unusual, um, erratic, impulsive uh, behaviors. And, um, and again, uh, unusual experiences, very, very much um, uh, unreal and surreal experiences. And then schizoid uh, personality type being the one that um, uh, comes across as indifferent. So others uh, stay away from schizoid personality because they end up kind of uh, feeling like they may be um, intruding, they may be um, hurting, they may be um, uh, offending uh, this person and or, and or not being able to connect with this person and vice versa, the schizoid wanting to really just isolate and not having a desire to even uh, attempt and put the effort in connecting with others uh, because they're much more comfortable in their own reality, if you will. And then the paranoid feeling that they're being always attacked and harmed, so they rather protect themselves and stay away from others. Um, they see the kind of the trend, why they would isolate themselves and be isolated by others, uh, each for a different reason. And if uh, ultimately, you may have a question in terms of how to treat these uh, problems. It goes both ways. Uh, you know, there are some, uh, and by both ways, I mean both an internal way where a person with the personality disorder can do something, uh, going back to our original discussion of personality disorders, uh, to increase their functioning from low functioning of, I don't know, about maybe 30, 40, on a scale of 0 to 100, to higher functioning, maybe come up to 50, 55, 60, to just get along with their environment, get their needs met, you know, and uh, establish some uh, connections. Because ultimately, no matter how uh, painful and how debilitating an experience is, if a person has others, other people in their lives who care, family members, co-workers, friends, um, treatment specialists who care about this person, ultimately they're functioning uh, elevates and uh, improves over time and they can get their needs met that that's really the ultimate goal for any of uh, any person with any type of a personality struggle to be able to meet their needs on a daily basis and that, that's very much possible with um, additional attention to and uh, increasing of functionality uh, and the other aspect of it is about treatment professionals can do. Uh, that's a completely different discussion. We're not going to be 
covering it in these videos but we will make other videos for you that you can uh, look at how to treat a person with pers paranoid personality disorder and schizoid and schizotypal personality disorder uh, we have created other videos on for cluster b and cluster c please watch those and we welcome you to leave a comment for this video specifically share it if you enjoyed the content and uh, explanations and also let us know how we can improve these videos what else you would like to know thank you very much for watching thank you for joining us on another episode of the therapy cable podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast provider to view the entire videos of these episodes, visit us online at therapycable.com and send us an email about your thoughts and topic suggestions.